name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blinded podcast. And on today's show, I have Terry Trepanier. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing good. And I have Tara Abella. How are you doing, Tara? Wonderful. How are you? Oh, I am doing good. Um, I wanted to bring you guys on the podcast today because you guys are actually teachers of students who are blind and visually impaired. And I really wanted to talk to you guys about um, the upcoming school year, um, things that you had to do to adapt during the COVID-19 pandemic to continue educating students who are uh, blind and visually impaired and how training is looking different going forward as far as education-wise and what type of things you will need, I guess, to make sure that your students who are blind and visually impaired get the best experience although we're, you know, living through a global pandemic. So I just really thought it'd be important really to, you know, highlight that since school is just right around the corner right now, and I know everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to do with school. A lot of people may do virtual, some may, you know, be in person. So I just wanted to touch base with you guys to see um, your thoughts and what your plans are um, for your students. So, uh, Tara, I just want to start with you, Tara. Um, how long have you been teaching students who are uh, blind, vision, and impaired? I've been teaching three years, um, and I have switched back and forth between second and third grade, and this year I was a second grade teacher. Okay. So, so what made you um, want to be a teacher? Um, I remember when I was little, I volunteered in the special education classes, and I really enjoyed working with students and teaching them how to read um, and just really getting to know them and form relationships with them. And then um, I, I did that volunteer work when I was actually losing my vision. I'm actually blind, like my students that I teach, and I lost my vision to retinitis pigmentosa, which is a progressive eye condition. And so when I went to college and I knew I wanted to be a teacher, I realized that I really wanted to work with students um, who were visually impaired like I was and give them the education that they deserve because I had some amazing teachers growing up that really taught me the skills that I needed to be successful. So I want to do that for my students. That sounds good. And, and Terry, um, Terry, what grades do you teach? I know you teach a multitude of grades. So um, how long have you been teaching and what grades do you teach? Um, I've been teaching probably for about a good solid 30 years, um, started working like in the public schools about 16 years ago and came to the blind school about four years ago. This is going to be my fourth year and I teach grades five, six, seven, eight, nine life skills at the blind school and just love it there. Absolutely love it. Okay. So uh, explain to the people what, what are life skills? What, what are life skills that you teach? Okay, that means I have students who have multiple disabilities, multiple challenges to work with and trying to help them learn. So okay. it's a multi-categorical kind of classroom, the more uh, intense cases. Okay. So, uh, Tara, how are they teaching second graders? I know they could be a handful. I got one myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're they're a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy that age group. I think that it's, you know, they're getting to be a little bit more mature, but they still really enjoy school. Um, it was definitely a challenge with remote learning, for sure. Um, we had to do a lot of, you know, transitioning our very hands-on learning that we typically do with young students who are blind and visually impaired 
um, to doing that online. So we used Microsoft Teams and we would upload our assignments to Microsoft Teams so that our students and their families could access their assignments. And we also would send packets in the mail with braille materials and manipulatives and different things that they would need in order to access their education. Um, and that that's kind of how we were able to accommodate their needs. And then I also would work with students over whatever they had. I had students who didn't have any internet access. And so I would work with those students over the phone. I had students who did have things like iPads and different technology available to them at home. And for those students, um, I would work with them over Zoom or over FaceTime. And we just, it was very individualized to whatever my students needed. Um, and I would just work with them and try and keep the consistency that we had in the classroom and just change it over to being online and through our packets that we sent out. Um, so do you find it that uh, a lot of students in that age, excuse me, in that age range of uh, in the second grade, uh, are they more tech savvy? I, I find it that these kids actually know how to use more stuff than I do at that age. So do you find <laughs> that they're more tech savvy? I know with my students, um, I've found that are blind and visually impaired, a lot of their parents um, were not aware of some of the technology that we started to use. They're very new to it. So they're, they're not very familiar with voiceover and they're not very familiar um, with Braille displays and different technology like that. Um, and so it's been kind of a learning curve, but definitely a good one because using this technology is something that they're going to be using for the rest of their lives. And so it's really important that they are learning to use the technology, but it, it definitely has been a learning curve for them and for their parents just because um, a lot of them, like I said, don't have internet access at home um, or they don't have that technology that's typically available to them at home. So, so Terry, how has it been for you, um, you know, trying to keep up with everything going on, um, teaching uh, the multitude of students that you do teach? How, how are you adapting? Um, pretty much the same. The one, the one thing that I had that um, Tara didn't have is we had a program called Unique, and we have a program in News to You. And the good thing was I already had my students on Unique in News to You. And what I did at that point was I had passwords for them so they could have individual access. So that transition there was a little bit easier for my kids because they were kind of used to that. But on the same time, you know, I had a lot of the same challenges that Tara had. Um, I And so my kids were tech savvy or are tech savvy, pardon me. And they already knew how to use FaceTime. So they were able to just, I mean, they were there. They loved it. And it was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun together. Um, my biggest challenge was, you know, making sure that they stayed organized and had everything in one place and a regular structured routine and it was quiet. Made sure right. I set my expectations and everything worked really closely with the parents. The parents were fantastic. Our um, LEAs stepped in to help get some computers for our kids um, with our budget being short. Um, we have a 15% budget cut and, um, you know, kind of we were short on technology to begin with. Our homeschool stepped in and they helped us a bit. Um, there was still one child who I was unable to get a computer for um, and we ended up using his grandma's cell phone. 
And it's just amazing what you can do with a cell phone. I think it was a great experience for the kids. Um, as Tara said, our kids need to know this technology to be able to navigate yeah. the world today. So I, in one way, I know it's been a horrible challenge. The workload was, it was a lot. I have eight students in my, or had eight students in my classroom last year and trying to meet the needs of eight different students. And everybody was extremely different. I mean, all over the board. I had one young lady who was very tech savvy, set up and ready to go. And then I had some who were on the lower end and they needed somebody to be there with them. Um, and that, that was kind of difficult just trying to get that all together, but they all came together and then transition over to teams and that worked out pretty well I had most of them on team teams at the end and um, that was that was fun we started getting together as a group online and you know socializing online having a movie playing games educational games that worked in with their lessons and it, it was a good experience so Microsoft team is uh, very accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired I know people like zoom and Google hangouts it's and right. Uh -huh. So how does how does Microsoft Team fare with those? Okay, I'm gonna start and then let Tara finish on this one. Um, Teams is accessible, but Canvas is even more accessible, and we're gonna move towards Canvas. Um, Terry, you want to address that? Yeah, absolutely. So like Terry was saying, Microsoft Teams I found to be pretty accessible um, with with my screen reader, and but Canvas has been immensely easier to use and a lot more user-friendly both on the student end and on the teacher end and so I'm really excited that we're switching over to Canvas and using that platform for the school year. Okay. Yeah I'm definitely familiar with Canvas. I know my students, my excuse me, my children use that right now so yes definitely definitely. So how important is it right now um, I guess for students to be and their parents, I guess, to be aware of all the technology that is out there to be able to, you know, keep up with the schoolwork and all their assignments. How important is that? Um, I think being aware of what is out there is really good. It's kind of hard. I mean, there's so many changes so yeah. fast. Um, and some of it can get rather expensive. Um, we try to pick the most economical route for students and start there and kind of work individually with each student according to what they need. Um, and Tara and I were having quite a really good technology conversation earlier. Um, some of the kids need a laptop to do higher level math, whereas, you know, an iPad or an iPhone seems to be really, really important. And I'm going to let Tara take this one. <laughs> Go ahead, Tara. Yeah, so some of our students, it's, it's very dependent on their level of vision and very dependent on their specific needs. And a lot of our students have multiple disabilities, so that can play a factor into it as well. Um, but many of our students have benefited from using an iPad with voiceover or using a laptop um, with JAWS and in conjunction with that using a Braille display or using um, a Bluetooth keyboard. And those things are really beneficial to our students. And it's very important for the students and their parents to be aware of what's out there because new technology is coming out all the time. Um, and so it's important for them to be aware of the new technology that comes out because um, added features and added accessibility, especially in this time, can be really beneficial to students because some devices support 
um, the learning platforms better than others, I found. And I know my students use the iPhone a lot. That's, I mean, if they can have a cell phone, that's a really great place to start with seeing AI and um, Blind Square and My Seeing Eyes. And there's just so many good apps you can get on those that are really helpful for the kids. Oh, most definitely. The iPhone is a life changer. <laughs> it is. Definitely. It definitely is. You could do everything on the phone almost. Yeah, I wish every single one of our students had an iPhone. That is my my dream for my students. And if I could find a way to do it, I would in a heartbeat. We got to make something happen. We got to make something happen there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, I've been thinking about that. My wheels are turning. <laughs> So, so what are some of the disadvantages, I would say, of uh, online learning for students who are blind or visually impaired? Tara? Oh, disadvantages? Would, Go ahead. I would say for my students, because I work with the lower elementary group, um, that the a lot of our students learn concepts by hands-on learning. And so a lot of that um, is really difficult to replicate over remote learning. So a lot of our students really struggle with something called concept development, where because they're not able to see things in their environment, they sometimes miss some of the details and they miss out on understanding the full picture of what something is like. Like, for example, um, if we were talking about the planets, a lot of other children have seen through television shows or through images that they've seen um, on a computer the size of planets in relation to each other and how those planets are arranged. But students who are blind and visually impaired um, often haven't had those experiences. And so when I show them a physical model of the planets, they're like, wow, I didn't realize that, you know, this planet was so much smaller than this planet. Um, and so those sorts of experiences are really difficult to replicate through remote learning. So it's been a lot of trying to really work with the parents and work with what they have at home um, so that they can build those concepts. Okay. Terry, your thoughts? Um, probably, okay, the concept development for sure with my students. Um, time factor. Time is a really big problem. I had eight students, okay, and I I needed to spend a lot of time with each each student. So if I'm giving my students who need more time an hour, hour and a half without any prep time at all, I'm already going to 10, 12 hour day. So I would start early in the morning and I'd go pretty late into the evening, sometimes six, seven o'clock at night, and then trying to find time to prep and get it on, um, get it all out to them, get it on the computer so they could access it. Um, so labor intensive, extremely labor intensive, um, and then also technology, back to the technology. Not all of our students had computers, yes. um, and everybody was at a different level. So trying to bring my whole class together as a classroom, which they need, they need the socialization even online. And we can socialize online, but you miss a lot when you're online. Yes. Um, you just miss so much in the communication with one another when you're trying to do that online. That's kind of hard. I did get them together in a group and oh, they missed each other so much. And our kids need to be together. They need to be together as a group. That's where their identities are built. That's where they figure out that, no, they're not alone in the world. And yes, they can do this. They are very capable individuals. Um, so those are some of the challenges. 
I'm definitely on pause with not being able to, you know, first of all, you can't see it. So, you know, you definitely want to put your hands on it. So it gives you a more of a uh, concept of what this looks like or what it feels like. So I definitely understand that challenge uh, right there. So, so are you guys able to still um, teach Braille? So do you mail in like the lessons to the students and they mail it back? Or is it more um, at a beginning stage for a lot of the students? So what, what I would do with my students for their Braille lessons is I would send in the mail um, their leveled readers that they're working on um, and things from our Braille curriculum. And then I would have a copy of that also. And then I would get on whatever whatever it was that they had. You know, I would do it over the phone with certain students. I would do it over Zoom or FaceTime, just depending on what technology they had. And we would read together and we would work on um, Braille skills. We would go over contractions and things like that. Um, also, I would have students, um, for students that did have a Braille display, they could type um, into the Braille display, um, and I would be able to grade their assignments that way. Um, and you can set it up to where they, they would be able to read on the refreshable Braille display the assignment um, and look at it that way. So they could practice their Braille skills that way with technology. Um, and I think we're going to be moving more towards that since we're getting more and more technology with some of our grants um, to where students are going to have Braille displays so that they're able to access their assignments in Braille immediately and not have to wait on a packet to come in, in the mail. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Here, you got any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of the same things that um, Tara did. I would hand type up my um, braille readers and send them to them in the mail. And mind you, each one was different. So I had to make sure that they had a braille reader. Um, and I worked with my learning coaches. My learning coaches were phenomenal. I was so excited to be able to work with the parents like this. And this was a rare opportunity. So I would coach my parents and help them learn the braille that I was teaching the students. And so then they were able to help me and some of my students needed their parents to help put their hands right on the Braille so they could track from left to right. And so I taught them how to do that, and they learned the Braille, and the parents were really excited. So it was, it was a great experience there. Um, the refreshable Braille display would have been a really handy thing to have for my students, um, and we didn't have that because we could pick the readers off the Internet, and then they'd be able to read it right there. Um, but... You know, we did it the old-fashioned way. We got it in the mail. We got it to them, and that's how we did the Braille. Okay, cool. And I think this is sometimes, you know, it's, we have to look at the positive in life, and I try to look at the positive in life. So there might be some positivity that comes out of this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic for us with, you know, the parents, you know, being even more involved. So it's always yes. good yes. for the parents to know, you know, how to, you know, even read grade one Braille or you know, what their students or their child is actually going through. So, it could, uh, you know, they could even feel have a more of a connection together. So, right. Uh, but, right. You know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, cool. Well, um, so um, for the upcoming year, um, you guys are ready? You getting ready for the upcoming school year? How are you guys preparing? Um, I'm just, I'm working on learning Canvas so that I can be prepared to work with my students over that. I'm, I'm really trying to get, um, more trainings on the different technology that we're ordering and I'm working with students actually over the summer as part of a summer program 
and I'm teaching students how to use Canvas using okay. an iPad and a refreshable Braille display or an iPad using Zoom or um, whatever technology we've decided best meets their needs. And that's going extremely well. So I'm, I'm very excited um, that we're using this platform and I'm very excited for the new school year because I think that this is really going to benefit students to have more technology um, and to be using a platform that's a little bit more accessible. I'm doing the same. I've been doing a lot of extra training this summer. Um, got my certification in Nemeth and did some other trainings working on Canvas. And I'm really excited to be moving in this direction for our students. I think they really needed all this technology and to be helps them be global learners. It gives them access to their environment. And I'm excited about that. I think that's a really good thing. So moving in a positive direction and definitely looking forward to seeing our students. I haven't seen them in so long. And we work so closely together, all the teachers and the students become like yeah. family and you kind of miss each other after a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been out there to the Indiana School for the Blind. It's definitely a great, great place to visit and go speak to the students. So definitely a great place. And, I know you guys will do good this upcoming school year. You know, we got a lot of hiccups we got to overcome, but I, I believe we will overcome those. And uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast and really sharing um, your expertise and sharing some of the, the challenges and some of the new things that you guys are going to be doing this upcoming school year with students who are blind and visually impaired. And I know it'll be a great year going forward. So once again, thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Uh, for coming thank on the you. podcast. No problem. No problem. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all of our social media channels. And I will check with you guys next week. <laughs>